I we're going live. Going yeah, we're live with uh, what's that, Roman? You got the uh, logo up as well. <laughs> well, for anybody for anybody who's listening, this is our first live broadcast uh, with the Built series and the Built uh, editorial team. We have about um, Daryl and Roman on with us who are core contributors. I'm Paul Price, the CEO, founder of ISA, and. Um, we are trying out StreamYard and all of our different live broadcast channels to talk a little bit about the, well, architecture of tomorrow. Um, so if there are any technical difficulties, you'll know why <laughs> why that is, because we, uh, you know, we like that we're as agile as we can be, you know, you never know if something works until it's into production. So we went ahead and, and uh, went live with this. Um, so really excited to I'm, I'm i'm already really excited there's already hundreds and hundreds of registrants and we haven't even po posted the uh the the, the conference uh, topics and speakers yet i'm i'm just like extremely pumped about that uh, but that's not all i want to talk about today i'm going to talk about a little, a little bit about the built conference series with you guys and what we've done over the last couple of years um and also just uh, get your view on the architecture of tomorrow so you know um we're just gonna chat like we always do i mean what other people don't know is that we we all meet up once a week uh the daryl and roman are both volunteers so let's do a little round of introductions for anybody who's watching just so that um everybody knows what you guys uh do and uh, maybe also talk a little bit about why you got involved with the built conferences in the first place Sure, so I'll, I'll start. Uh, so, Daryl Carr, I'm uh, in uh, Perth in Western Australia, so that's one of the important things about what we uh, do with the Build Series is that we have people all over the world that participate in these things, both in organising and also in speaking. Um, I'm, uh, I'm an enterprise architect. I uh, do a lot of work uh, over and above my daytime job to help uh, build a professional community of architects around the world, and Built is one of those things that I do to, to help with that. Um, I'm also the editor of the Enterprise Architecture Professional Journal, so uh, that's one of those part-time gigs that I do just to help with uh, uh, building the, the community of architects and helping them support each other. So Built uh, got involved in that uh, after a few years ago working with Paul. Paul came out to speak at some conferences that I was running out in Australia, which was uh, great to have him out here. And then uh, uh, I think uh, in 2016, we talked about this crazy idea Paul had of running a 24-hour conference uh, that would uh, hand off to a series of regional hosts around the world. And, um, and sure enough, um, that crazy idea worked out and uh, we broke the uh, platform that we were using, but that's okay. We did, didn't we? I remember <laughs> that. I remember we actually broke GoToWebinar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It worked. We, we had 24 hours straight of uh, five regional hosts and um, and uh, and made it work. And, and last year, uh, with uh, the lockdown kicking in around the world, we decided to resurrect the idea and, um, and that uh, became the Built Conference Series, a business innovation, leadership and technology. So last year we ran three 24-hour events. This year we've run a couple of uh, 12 and 14 hour events and, and coming up in November we have this great, um, great event uh, that we're all very excited about um, called the Architecture of Tomorrow. So um, uh, we'll, we'll, leave the, we'll leave that there and, uh, and we'll come back and talk about the topic and, and, and the types of um, speakers that we're looking at. But um, Roman, did you want to say a little bit about yourself? Well, I am on a low bandwidth cell phone and 
doing the best I can. So I guess this is part of the testing. Uh, well, we have we have exactly we have exactly zero live viewers right now. So at this point, we're we're I, hopefully it's recording. I really don't know if it is or not. Uh, oh yeah, this, so, this so is there's... pretty bad at my end. So I I apologize. My uh, wife <laughs> you is sound... going in this morning for knee surgery, and I have a two hour wait in a hospital right. with bad bandwidth. Oh, uh, we have a, in any we... event. We have a viewer from ISA from uh, that that is on YouTube. Um, so welcome. I don't know Hi, for our for our latest viewer. We're uh, testing out the the Streamyard to talk about uh, architecture of tomorrow. So go ahead, Roman. You were talking about your background though, and uh, why why you joined uh, the the Build Conference series. Oh, well, and we lost Roman, but that's okay. So, so I'm, we know um, we know one thing for sure, Paul. The um, the Wi-Fi uh, is as bad as the food in that hospital that he's at. So we also just lost our viewers. So that was good. <laughs> 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 so. so, oh, so I actually, I'm actually having the time of my life. This is this is going to be great. I think we should do these things more often. You know, <laughs> but figure out. <laughs> figure out how to get the word out just as much as we do with the others. Yeah. Uh, oh, golly. Yeah, Roman, I would suggest you turn your video off. Uh, your your audio your audio is much better when it's just, when it's just your uh, when it's just you and your, your um, and your audio. Okay. Have you tried to share uh, a desktop? Uh, yeah, we won't we won't yet. try that today. We'll we'll um, we'll do that in a recording. I've got a recorded uh, argument uh, coming up next. Um, Have you tried share a desktop or a screen. Uh, Roman, you, your 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 bandwidth is not high enough for this. <laughs> All right, that's okay. something we learned. Okay. Have you tried? <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So well, and I don't know honestly. I think we've learned that the cell phone probably is not a good idea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, so let's talk a little bit about uh, about the architecture of tomorrow, though. I mean, you know, like what is the I mean, why did we choose this? Because we've got we're talking. I mean, there's so much going on, uh, you know, kind of I don't know if I what we, we what would we call it pre post covid. <laughs> it's sort of like we keep thinking maybe it's going to be over, but it's probably more like we're going to be living with it for a while. And as architects, that's had a massive impact on our impact, I think. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's sort of like, whoa, all of a sudden we feel, imp I, you know, I don't know if you remember right before COVID, but there was this hardcore kind of everybody needed to be an engineer, right? Yeah. Um, and now I'm hearing just the flip side, like, oh, my God, we need twice as many architects. Now, I was hearing the same thing then, but I don't know what you think in terms of the architecture of tomorrow. How do we, you know, what is what is this, what's, you know, what's happened? What are we focused on? What are we, where is this going, Daryl? Yeah, yeah, so that's a, that's a good point. Look, I, last year I saw a lot of um, architects being repurposed very suddenly to try to stand up a remote organisation, and I think that that probably helps some some uh, of the executives, uh, some organisations understand that 
there are things that need to be considered when you are looking at changes in your organisation. And that could be uh, at all levels, including your, your um, capabilities, your processes, and also the technology that underpins them. So I think there was a renewed focus on how you make sure that things work and are flexible mm -hmm. to meet mm -hmm. unexpected needs. And uh, I think that's a, that's a story that is, is going to continue. So, okay, we've sort of adjusted to some extent to how COVID's changed the world, but what's, what else is coming? And how should you be thinking about that in terms of being able to prepare for things that you can predict and the things that you can't predict? How do you build that resiliency and adaptability into your organisation? And I think that's making people think about the types of considerations you need to make and that's where your architects come in you know i'm thinking about that too and you know as we as we're diving in um i'm just bringing up that uh the the, the new bit because you know as we're thinking about this you know as uh, the bit of box all designed about around this notion of digital advantage for architects right and and what you're talking about in my mind is COVID really focused, if you think about this outcome area, right, the outcomes that we want in a digital, uh, in a digital ecosystem, really, a set of companies that work together, uh, and government and uh, employees, what we really focused on during COVID was collaboration, right? We really focused on remote workforces. That didn't necessarily mean that we we had the ability because it takes a lot of people working together to impact operational technologies or impact you know um, the, the 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 mindset of those employees uh, it, it, and, and it may not have even been the most digital health healthy. I read a wonderful Medium article on this notion of whether or not COVID was a great test for even a remote workforce because it was so stressful and it was so enforced and it was so, um, you know, you were, everybody was just torn apart by it, that it was uh, and, and scared and all these things that it wasn't a really healthy mindset change to digital. No. Um, you know, and then we've got that whole culture, that whole digital culture thing. I mean, I'm not sure that's changed. I think, I think, and what you're talking about this whole agility and strategy uh, coming from architects and the kind of business models that we're, we're going to need, we still have just gobs of work to do there. Yeah, the whole idea of sort of a, um, a digital first organisation really hasn't had time to play out yet. Um, I think we've just seen that some of the uh, sort of established positions that might have yeah. been considered uh, unchangeable uh, have had to change rapidly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's, that's just one small step on the journey. Um, now you have to start thinking about, well, what does your organisation look like in the future and how how can you support that potential change in your operating models? Uh, and that's where that digital transformation concept comes in. So thinking about your organisation and how it gets delivered using digital technologies. So that's a, that's a reinvention and that's going to take some, some effort to understand what that right. means. Uh, in in each individual circumstance, right, 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 right. Well, I, you, I, the um, the other thing is now. While I, I what I do love about this time, and what I think the architecture of tomorrow is about, is the visibility that we've gotten. And what I'm really excited about what I'm seeing in our submissions really is talking about that. It's the visibility 
of a digital first. I like the digital first, by the way. I, you know, I, the digital native is kind of annoys me because it's always a Airbnb or Uber. And, you know, I mean, if you look at Uber's business model, it's sort of like Uber's a great example technically, but like their business model sucks. I mean, have they ever been profitable? Right. Like I was talking with Grady about this the other day. And then the, 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 the real thing I like about what I'm seeing in our submissions is they're all about this notion of, um, that, that, that we're, we're, we're really just beginning to think about how to change, you know, so we've still not figured out how to scale agile and, and yeah. keep, and keep agile's original principles. And by the yeah. way, we'd love comments and questions from the, the, the live audience as you're, as you, you know, as you're on or off, um, we're, we're, this is kind of a trial for us, but, um, you know, your comments were, we're, we're just, uh, you know, Daryl and I talk about this all the time. We're just doing this live for the first time. Um, I don't know about you, Daryl, but I kind of love it. I mean, it, yeah, you know, that's great. Right? I, uh, I had a, a session yesterday, uh, with one of the, um, the larger sort of, uh, architecture groups here in, in Australia. And, um, okay. uh, I, uh, I, I had three slides and, uh, it was a bit of an experiment to see, uh, how would it go in terms of just uh, establishing a, uh, a frame of reference, a, a conversation topic, um, setting a scene, if you like, and then opening it up to the floor for the architects to then engage not only with me but with each other as part of that forum. And I've got to say, uh, three slides, uh, the conversation lasted for almost an hour and a half, um, and it's great because the architects actually get to hear one another, hear common experiences and learn from one another uh, and understand right. that they're all facing similar challenges. So there's an opportunity to learn from each other, to support each other. And that's what building these professional communities is about, which is, you know, one of the reasons why you've done it, you've spent so much of your life, especially in the last 15 years with ISA and, and I dedicate so much of my time to to helping run these types of events and um, and bring people together, right? But, um, to, to get back to the the topic of architecture of tomorrow, so I've been talking to people about this November event, and and universally people are excited about the idea. So there's the way I explain it is that there's two halves to it. There's the adaptability required for organisations to be able to um, survive and thrive in a, in an uncertain future. So that's the architecture of tomorrow, and then there's the architects of tomorrow. So yeah. what skills and knowledge do the, those architects need to be able to help the organisations they work for realise that capability that we're talking about? And I think that those two complementary topics are really important and really energising and exciting. And as you say, we've had some great submissions uh, and so we've got some potentially really, really good conversations to have not only with the presenters but with the audience to, to be able to share information inside. Well, you know, and I'm really excited about the the depth, the, the depth, right? So, um, the, the of of this transformation, I think I think we're you know, architecture of tomorrow and architects of tomorrow is a great way to distinguish. And of you know, as long as we've run communities, um, that distinct, you know, people don't make that distinction properly. Um, where, you know, they say the architecture or the architect or whatnot. I was reading uh, Gregor Hoppe's piece on you know, do you want any architects with or architects with your architecture? And, 
And it really dug into this. Now we we have, have I'm writing a contrary piece because I think because we've come to different conclusions. I think um, based on what we're seeing, but but you're absolutely right. The technology now is changing so fast. Well, pro- I want to say the products are changing very very quickly. Um, you know, my, the last ten years have introduced heavily you know cloud, AI, IoT. Um, the uh, agile teams have, have, have allowed us to build, uh, microservices. We, we before agility really brought, came in, it would have, would not have been able to, you know, you just really couldn't organize around, uh, building something so small, right? When you had teams of 150, then we've also learned that the, uh, a lot about the microservices style, um, different length. Right, you know, and scaling and 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 production cloud, um, CI/CD pipelines, um, or DevOps or DevSecOps, and now as we start seeing these massive ransomware attacks, and you know, the hackers are stuck inside too, right? Not that they weren't before, just you know, drinking drinking their high caffeine drinks and hacking away. But the um, but the point is, the whole stack has changed for for most organizations from people. Uh, and their approach to d- d- delivering d- uh, digital to the techniques we use to the products. And I, again, I always say the products because I think we confuse product change with technology change. Hmm. So recently I've been, um, I was a Java programmer. Recently I've been learning Kotlin for a lot of fun. Right. And I love it. I love it. I love the language. It's nice. You know, I'm going to go back in. Uh, I'm going to go back and uh, refresh my Python after that, because uh, it's been a decade since I've written Python. But, you know, um, one of the things I'm noticing is that, the you know, the, and I think about these technologies kind of foundation for digital transformation. Right. Not so. And they all have they all play their parts. I mean, if you look at the. Um, even the I, I don't know if you've ever seen those cloud um, the, the, the 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 periodic table of DevOps or the periodic table of the cloud or whatever, and one of the things I think we're going to see a change in, and I know that this is something we're doing at ISA, and that I hope that we'll do a whole build conference on and bring all of our vendors, is not talk about technology change because there's product changes, right? I mean, as I as I'm programming and doing more serious things in Kotlin. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like when I when I did my uh, first few courses in C sharp after being a Java programmer. I was sort of like, eh, okay. I mean, there's some important differences, right? There's that definitely the the way references are handled here, or the way you know you you know do we want these? I, I mean, I love data data transfer objects and data and things like that. But the the sort of is this different question between Azure and AWS is that a different you know what I mean I think we confuse is that a technology change I think we confuse product version changes and releases with actual pattern change and I think this is what's important to the foundation of digital transformation is that we stop convincing ourselves that just because Microsoft released serverless, that all of a sudden our architecture is, you know, architecture has just changed. Everything's different. I mean, we were yeah, doing I, right, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's a big difference between uh, a vendor and, and, you know, Microsoft and AWS are obviously very large vendors and have a large footprint and have a lot of influence over over um, the, the marketplace. But 
there's a big difference between them pump, pumping out a change into the world and you uh, integrating that change into the built environment. Um, and that requires a fair bit of skill and uh, time and, and money. And, uh, and sometimes they aren't the priority in the organisations that you're working for as well. So that's why I think I like um, sort of working with you on these conferences, Paul, because you're talking about the technology and uh, you obviously have a good grasp on those technologies and you keep uh, you know, yourself relevant in that, that regard. And I know what the business application of those technologies is, the reason why you want to think about how you might apply those new products as they're getting released, the benefit that you might be able to realise from it and how to have those conversations about how to take your organisation there using those new capabilities. So it's good. It's, it's, a, it's a well-rounded conversation, if you like. And... You've got uh, yeah. yeah, well, I put myself on mute because I'm checking. I'm, I'm, you know, it's since this is our first live broadcast. I'm also uh, each time I'm kind of viewing uh, the broadcast on different, um, um, different, different on the different platforms to see what we, well, just to see how great we look. You know, is that um, a bit like googling yourself, Paul? I, I think. Well. Um, yeah, I guess it is. I guess it is. But <laughs> I uh, I stopped doing that a long time ago. But but yeah. yeah the, but I think you bring up the the most critical side of architects architects of tomorrow, and that is uh, you know. So I am I am at heart a software solution architect. Now I've you know sure I've done two hundred million dollar projects and reported directly to the board of directors for a huge retail chain for a, a Fortune one hundred. Absolutely. Now, most people would call a lot of the work I did enterprise architecture. But at, at heart, I, I was delivering a working product to a customer, and that was my goal. Now, it was a little like building a skyscraper as a building architect, I think, you know, like, um, so, uh, but, but yeah, the, the, the room and the, the world has, has, um, you know, different, um, has had different, has different levels of, of types of architects and that's a good thing right there's that the, the we could i think the architecture of tomorrow is really about us working together more effectively architects of tomorrow yes. because and, and now i don't i, I honestly having product production code in production i think that there is some new stuff you know iot is some new stuff uh when your walls can sense how hot it is and pressure on them or, uh, you know, uh, humidity or other kind of factors. And they can report that in when you have devices when, that, that are non-traditional devices. Um, and, you know, I've, I have been, I, I will still make a prediction that over the course of the next five years, we, uh, we will begin to stop identifying with our devices. That's my prediction that by uh, uh, that within you know twenty twenty five that your phone and my phone won't feel like your phone and my phone as much anymore. The vendors will virtualize our our personal operating systems, um, and we will be able to access those interfaces in multiple places. Whether that's our our kit, the door of our kitchen, you know, of our uh, kitchen um, refrigerator, or you know, and the kids want to see what would do how how much. Coca-Cola we have and how many, you know, I don't know, pudding pops we have left. Uh, and, or it's we happen to be at a conference and I left my phone in my hotel room and can I and then you just hand me yours and it automatically recognizes who I am and 
quickly switches our op our operating systems. But I'm looking I'm looking forward to the point where uh, your um, uh, sort of uh, continual glucose uh, blood glucose monitor is um, talking to your fridge and stopping you from opening the door to get that next can of soda. Oh yeah, that's gonna no. Um, I, that that is where I start ca calling the Russian hackers or whoever. I'm sorry to point. Uh, you know, I'm not pointing just to Russians, but um, plenty of Americans are hackers too. Um, but I, that is where I'm calling hackers because you know th this brings me to a story that technology isn't always good, and I think the architecture of tomorrow needs to remember that technology. And I always go back to this story, but when I get, when I got married and, and it's, it's just a really short one. And then we, I was just a poor kid. I was, I was, you know, I got married at 24. Um, you know, like we were, we were young and stupid and happy. Um, and the, uh, the, 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 the flight attendant could tell that we were young and stupid and happy and it made her feel young and stupid and happy. And so what she did was upgraded us to, to business, uh, to first class. I mean, it, this was a local flight. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't afford to fly to, you know, like Europe or anything. So this was like, we were going to someplace nice with a beach in the US. Um, and she just upgraded us for free, both ways. The hotel upgraded us to a suite. Now these days, can't be done. No. I mean, now I had ordered a suite. They upgraded us to a really nice suite. And these days, the software keeps you from getting that can of soda, right? And, yeah. and that impacts customer satisfaction. Yeah. yeah. So I, there, are, I, there are consequences to what we do with this technology. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, we get back to AI and, uh, you know, the fact that um, almost everybody figures out very quickly that if you use AI to distinguish between human beings in any way, it is it turns both racist and um, angry and evil very, very quickly. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think there's something in that for us, Paul. I am, I'm, yeah, I, I, I know there is. I know there is. Well, Pretty sure that, it's in there, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. But we accept that because the brain is designed with those limitations. I mean, you know, like we 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 accept it also because a single human, generally speaking, has limited impact. Now, it could be huge impact in the sense of its ethical or moral impact, but I cannot, I, I can go buy, a let's say I go crazy, right, and I go buy a gun, I can't kill 500,000 people, right, with that gun. I could do really stupid, right? Now, on the other hand, an angry AI that controls self-driving cars could do that, just like that immediately right if it controlled enough cars so the question becomes one of of impact i think and 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 and, and, and whether or not you know like if you're using ai to um for example pull uh for example filtering resumes is a great one i was just uh, i wrote an article on it i was reading an article on it filtering resumes there's wonderful ai based software out there that helps you filter the best candidates because there are 5000 you know, applicants for every job because everybody's out of work because of COVID. Um, and some jobs just get that many. Hmm. And yet you have to ask yourself, which candidates did they choose? Yeah. yeah. And what yeah. were the factors? You know, what were the criteria? 
Did it yeah. include that? You know, how do you know? Can, did it parse the text of the, uh, you know, of the personal experience and realize it was dealing with um, uh, because women write differently in new, uh, nuanced ways or, you know, there's all sorts of little cool questions there. But I think that's the architect. I think that's the responsibility you were talking about or we were talking about of tomorrow, right, of the architects of tomorrow. It's that these little technical decisions we make and my you know, my software architect friends like to say, well, I don't really need to know the business, you know, like that's what my product owner is for or yeah. my VP of sales or whatever. And yet these minute technical decisions seem to have major, major impacts. And so, that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the nature of technology, isn't it? It's an amplifier. So it can amplify the good things. It can amplify the bad things. And we have to worry about how we use the technology as well. Because um, I've, I've talked to organisations about the idea that um, in some circumstances, things like robotic process automation is a great idea, but it can also allow you to do the wrong thing much quicker. And you end up in the wrong place much quicker. And if that happens to be financially bad for your organisation, then it might not have been the right technology to deploy. So, yeah, these are considerations. These are the, the things that architects need to think about. And these are the things that, that the business stakeholders need to be aware of. And so it gets back to, again, architects and their ability to articulate these things in a way that makes sense to the people that they're, they're working for. Ah, and you're on mute, Paul. Roman, uh, bring, uh, obviously, I think this is a great one. And uh, uh, if you haven't seen it, Amazon's case study of um, uh, you know AI for talent acquisition and it, and uh, not such a great set of outcomes. The, uh, the but I guess this is what excites me about working with you guys on the on the build conference series because we can we can jump between you know. Um, we can jump between talking about outcomes like that in AI, like we did in our last uh, July conference. Um, and, uh, you know, I uh, we, uh, we probably ought to show the actual built destination, but we can jump between that and the enterprise architecture and business outcomes. And, you know, I mean, I, th I think it's wonderful. We've had a TED speaker, you know, and we've got to probably invite a few more. Um, so let's talk a little bit for a minute about like our our topics let's, um, that we've we've had some we've had what uh, twelve fifteen uh, about seventeen submissions um, some of which we're we're looking at I'm just bring up, and I bring up a few uh, one of one one of them I, that the reason I was talking about that was um, uh, AI for social good and this one is interesting uplifting small farmers. Um, which I think is just a really fascinatingly weird topic because uh, there's the, the, the I was actually hanging out with somebody from the, one of the enterprise architects from uh, Netherlands and he was talking about how they're using drones and AI uh, related to um, you know uh, drones and AI to actually check on the quality of farming conditions yes yeah. um, but that 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 uh, basically smarter decisions can also help um, farmers actually deliver better crops, and this kind of negotiating things. That one I thought was really great. I, I I'm, I'm hoping we get to hear from him, even if even if he doesn't if even if he doesn't make it in the voting submission, I'm going to put him on the argument because I'm really 
I, I grew up on a farm, you know, like for me, this is a big, like I, we had horses and chickens and then, you know, well, we didn't have pigs. It wasn't that long ago that there was a big push around farm automation technologies. But uh, of course, now we get uh, into the world of, um, of uh, IoT, sensor technology, uh, better use of um, computer vision uh, technologies in order to do things like uh, assessing the soil qualities and, and water absorption and mm -hmm. satellite imagery. And there are so many opportunities in that space. The ag tech world is uh, just uh, full of potential benefits uh, for, for the world in, in terms of how you can use those technologies. And I think that just to sort of go back a little bit, the, uh, the, the conference we ran last November, Paul, you'll remember, was Architecting mm -hmm. Global Good, um, just to sort of put a more positive spin on the technology after we talked about the terrible mishaps with some of the AIs. But um, there's a lot of people out there doing amazing things to make the world a better place for that technology as well. Yeah, and I, I, the, what I love the, is about the, the sort of penetration of technology in all areas. I mean, it's like going back to the the board of directors all the way down to the the most you know of operational of teams. Right now, there's some scary things, and again, I, I, I don't this whole do we have a reasoning process for how is technology impacting us as a society. Um, and, and I like the, I, I know that in our constitution, it doesn't say, you know, AI will have a vote, right? So like there's this whole sort of legal or AI will fit into the reasoning process around legal decisions or, uh, how much AI could, you know, none of that's in the constitution, right? How much can AI impact the voting process? I mean, when I was, when we were, you know, when I was younger, we, we had this huge, there was, there was this raging debate about using, um, um, and that's different kinds of analysis to understand the sensor uh, data, right? Because if you used proper statistical analysis, you didn't need to go door to door. But going door to door is very, very inefficient. And you don't get good data um, because, because, you know, a lot, a lot of Americans don't aren't home or don't have homes or, you know, are um, sleeping on their best friend's sofa for the last six months or things of that nature that don't really account. And you, you have problems with the huge workforce and all this stuff. And now the AI comes in and it's sort of like, no, we can tell you who will be the next president. Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, we've analyzed the entire um, uh, social media space, right? I've taken in all the data and I, uh, I can tell you who every American will vote for. So yeah. why do we need a voting process? these dials, you can influence that outcome. Well, and, and it goes back to this sort of bureau, the, this, this, um, bureau, the, the bureau that I was talking to. Can they use AI and drones to check the health of farmers? What happens, like, is that legal? Mm. How do we have yeah, that? <laughs> how do we even have that conversation? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and who's got the power to have that conversation? Yeah. The only now this gets to this gets to the bug in my ear. I, what do you call it? The, the bee in your bonnet. The bee in my bonnet. Yeah. The, there's yeah. another one. There's another one. But um, the architecture of tomorrow. The the part that bothers me is the, the loudest voices right now are the ones that can spend the most, right? Yeah. And that's, that's, that, that's, that, that's our vendor community. Mm, you know, the, we rely on them for technology, innovation, and leadership. And yet 
where is that individual architect voice in all of this, right? Where's our professional voice? I mean, it's not like, it's not like doctors didn't have a, you know, you, you know, when COVID hit, who did we turn to? We didn't turn to hospital associates, you know, we didn't turn to pharma. We turned to pharmaceuticals. Absolutely. You could consider those vendors, but who were doing the drug testing and who had an opinion about what, right? Yeah. And we turned to medical, we've turned to medical professionals. Mm -hmm. And I keep wondering with the whole ransomware thing and security coming, really security taking such a prime focus. Um, and I hope we get to do a security built next, you know, yeah, uh, next year, idea. maybe yeah. even do a special security built conference or something um, from, you know, from business to technology and the innovations and leadership and also, you know, the, whole, the, the failures. Um, yeah. I, because I, I, I could be controversial here, Paul, and say that the business community can no longer afford to have amateurs, unqualified people working in architecture roles. Yep. You need um, some um, form of professional qualification. There are consequences to your decisions. Right. Right. Well, and I'll go, I'll go even further to say, I believe that we ultimately for tier one systems, and we actually have this in that item, in that bit of buck I thought I was showing you though, tier one systems will need a licensed architect to sign off on them, to, to build them and to sign off on them. And not just one on the, cause tier one systems are never small. But I mean, if you look at Ireland, you know, I'll go all the way and say, you know, their healthcare system was a series of, of failing, was a series of really stupid architectural uh, decisions or decisions that might've happened differently. It's still a bureaucratic uh, system and it's still, you know, government and sometimes governments don't invest where they should and no one saw it coming and all that stuff. But, um, you know, and then, you know, they're, they're, if a skyscraper falls over, there, it takes forever to figure out sort of who's to, you know, what's why and how it happened and that's fine. But I'm, I mean, I'm right behind you. I think that we are headed towards licensure and I think we need to, I think we need to take it serious that, that you just cannot have, uh, uh, you can't just start, keep calling yourself an architect and you've got to go through an experiential board and that board has to be fair mm. and it has to be balanced. Mm. And that's a really interesting one because we get into who's allowed to uh, certify and how, you know, how do we relate to the government and all that. So anyway, but I definitely think that that's another architecture of tomorrow topic. Uh, yeah. uh, maybe, you know what, I think I'm going to maybe submit a talk on that and see if the board approves yeah. me. I will abstain yeah. from voting, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, very much looking forward to this, uh, this event in November, Paul. And um, yep. uh, yeah, the event uh, Sorry to interrupt you there. Um, um, no, 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 that's all right. No, we got some great submissions coming in. So yeah, looking forward to get uh, getting to that voting and uh, and then uh, putting up that agenda. But as you say, we're already getting a lot of registrations, which is awesome. So what's your What's your favorite topic so far? Uh, that's just that's a hard one, Paul. I think uh, I think I need to go back through and, and read them again. It's um, there's. There's some and there's some great submissions on the way as well. So I've been talking to some people that are going to be putting in submissions soon, and um, right, right. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just great to see the the interest and the passion from practitioners around the world uh, wanting to get involved and, and share their experience. Um, you know me; I always uh, talked talked a lot about um, sharing and uh, and learning from the wisdom and experience of others, and that's what Bill's about. Yeah, the uh, I'm looking forward to it. November. Uh, are, do you do you think we should? Um... Uh, do you think we should do like uh, 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 try to go for the twenty? I mean, we're getting plenty of submissions. Do you think we should go twenty four hours, or do you think we should do just um, overlapping, you know, conferences or or, or, or what? I think uh, it'd be good to round out the year with one more crazy twenty four hour event. Why not? All right. Well, I, I do. I mean, we're we've gotten so many submissions so early for this one. Um, I'm I can't I can't imagine we're going to get less for the software architecture conference in February. That's also I believe so. It's November 11th, and then our next conference is going to be February 2022. Uh, sorry, the 10th of February and the 10th to 11th, or the 10th and and 11th. Um, and then we'll do the next one in May. And the topic for uh, February is going to be software intensive architectures uh, that impact business outcomes, right? But the technology, the foundation layer of um, executing digital strategies, etc. So really large systems in some cases and also some details in others. Uh, and then, of course, in May, I think we were targeting the 19th and 20, uh, the 26th and the 27th, excuse me, of May. And that will be all on business outcomes and business architectures. I hope you're going to speak at that event because, you know, I never, yeah, yeah, I, I will. I never hear you talk about, we, I mean, we talk all the time, but I've never hear you speak on enterprise yeah. architecture. Uh, I've spent a long time running conferences, um, so I get to sort of just do the the quick intro, a few slides, and then introduce the first speaker. And um, uh, but no, there's been a bit more of a push for me to actually uh, be the one in front of the crowd talking. So that's that's what I did yesterday. It went pretty well. Um, I believe I've got a couple more coming up soon. So yeah, by next year you'll probably have twisted my arm enough, and I'll um, I'll put in a submission and and let you guys vote on whether I'm good enough to join. Well, I don't, um, I don't know about you, but I think this has been a great sort of t uh, test of the platform. And, you know, like, I I'm digging this. Uh, I, I don't, uh, I, Roman's making comments left and right. And um, yeah. obviously, obviously, I, it, you know, there's, there's some question about, in my mind, about how you get the kind of, because people don't register for it. So that's a, that's a question uh, is how do you keep it on some, how do you get it on everybody's calendar? So I think, yeah, we just need to uh, make some announcements about us being live talking about stuff um, and see if we can't get a following maybe and um, and then sort of go like, from there. So some regularity like and some, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, you know, that's like, cool. you know, the, you, the stuff that Wendy's doing with, uh, with um, uh, you know, consultants saying things, Chris's broadcast. No, 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 that's, yeah, Chris, that's Chris Lockhart. Yeah. I was just about to say, uh, consultants yeah, yeah. talking about things. Well, we're actually, I'd love to have you on this because Wendy, we've got a secret pact that we'll announce right here live. Wendy uh, Keen, who hosts the, um, um, uh, who hosts uh, straight talk on business architecture. Uh, Chris Lockhart, who hosts the wonderful consultants saying things um, or talking about things. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, Oliver, uh, Oliver Kronk, who hosts, yeah. Uh, yeah, who hosts Architect Tomorrow. Um, yeah. And then uh, I would love to have you on as well. We're just going to rotate, um, possibly, possibly a, a gentleman that maybe you have not met, Cormac Keogh, who's going to be one, one of my uh, co-hosts on the argument. And we're basically going to host a rotating set of these kinds of live events, you know, to just talk about things. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so like, yeah. I'm really excited about this because, um, you know, we can really get in there and, uh, um, you know, just, you know, these people, uh, just like you, I, I, I don't think the average architect realizes how it changes you when you spend all of your days talking to architects from different companies and different levels and different societies. Yeah. And, you know, I'll jump from a small consultancy in Southeast Asia to an enterprise, you know, a chief architect at a fortune 10 company. And it's just the, the radical shifts of, of view that I think you get as a business architect or an enterprise architect or software architect in different places. Um, so I think that's going to be a lot of fun and you would definitely fit in that conversation. Sounds good. All right. Well, for anybody right. who is watching, or I don't know if this recorded, but if it did, November 11th, we start at 9 a.m. Central Time U.S., and hopefully we'll be going for 24 hours. That could be really fun. Yeah. All right. All right. See you then. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Bye, Paul. Okay.